0: Hello and welcome to SEO one oh one on WMR.fm, episode number four hundred and twenty-five. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Step Forth Web Marketing, and my co-host is my company senior SEO, Scott Vanak. How's it going, bud?
1: It's uh it's going well. I'm in a bit of a fog from my COVID booster yesterday, so hopefully I don't say anything too stupid today, but uh <laughs> uh it wouldn't, be on the it. First, it wouldn't be the first time, I guess. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes, I uh I have been in the fog the last few days, too. Apparently, it can take a while for it to kick in. For me, it's been a couple of weeks, but I've just been a mess the last couple of days. So who knows? We'll yeah. just be entertaining, I guess. Hopefully. <laughs> More so than usual, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so first of all, I, if you're watching the video when I finally post these, uh, you'll see in the background here a couple uh, microphones. Um, one is just an old antique, and the other one is John uh so something I've just put there. It's an awfully nice microphone to have sit there. I'm still debating. I might send it over to Scott there, but uh, it's just nice to have something of our, our good friend in my room here and always with us. And uh, yeah, it's cool. It was very nice of uh, his wife to send it over to us.
1: That keeps him part of the show still.
0: Exactly. 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 Well, with that said, uh, uh, good news. Next, The next episode will be featuring Martin Split from Google. So we're going to have a great interview with him and ask lots of awesome questions. That's our goal anyway. Uh, we are going to put out a call out for anyone to add any uh, questions they'd like asked. And we'll check them out and see if they're a good fit. If they are, we'll be asking Martin on the episode. So please uh, keep your eye out on the Facebook Uh, group. So that's uh, SEO 101. Just type in in Facebook, you'll find it there. And uh, yeah, please join. We'd love to have you on if you're not there.
1: And and as much as I want to, I will not be asking him what the next name for Google business profile will be. So uh, if you're hoping I would, it's not going to be there. Sorry.
0: Yeah, that'll be me. (laughs) <laughs> that's right yeah proselytes. we might We're need a joke five names yeah <laughs> um or or what can you tell us all about the next update yeah sure whatever i yeah, hope I'm when sure people will. leave with that stuff um <laughs> so first of all a little sort of news um what's this about revenue this is really mild stuff yeah, but it's always interesting to hear
1: yeah really basic i don't know how many people listening care um i don't really care, but I am interested in it at the same time, if that makes sense. Uh, Alphabet, so, you know, Google's parent company now, uh, their revenue for fiscal year 2021 was up 41% compared to 2020, uh, an increase of about $75 billion. And I don't know, I I see these numbers with their financials and uh, an increase of 41% through the pandemic is is just, I don't know, that's incredible to me. Um, But it does kind of show that so many more people, I bet a lot of that are Small businesses that were forced online and, you know, they dove into AdWords because maybe they, you know, they didn't have SEO or they didn't have time to ramp up their SEO. I'm sure there's a big part of that. Um, I don't know all the ins and outs of where the money came from, but uh, it just shows that there aren't all losers during a pandemic. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. Well, and I mean, I would imagine part of it, Yeah, you know, I would imagine a big part of it is the ad revenue. But uh, in this case, you know, you consider how much even the Canadian government. Um, gave out in terms of loans for people to do anything from ad spends to you name it. I mean, that's all, everyone needed it. So it wasn't exactly fun, but it was free money um, that we all needed. And that went to Google. So yeah, I can see how things have improved for them. Never mind the fact that, um, I mean, look at how much Shopify grew, it exploded. And those are all people going online that are going to do ads because they have no, Organic rankings yet, uh, they need to get out there quickly. Uh, it's uh, it not been a bad thing for Google in that respect, I, I gather. So, all right, now into SEO news: a possible Google update. We always love running with these. So, Dallas, what's up?
1: Yeah, well, not much is up apparently, but <laughs> all the uh, all the ranking tools, as of, I think it was February sixth, February seventh, a lot of them are showing that there was an update at Google, but yet nobody's talking about it and there's not really any human chatter just the tools have noticed it so barry schwartz oh maybe was it barry shoot I, I think it was barry at search engine roundtable somebody over there posted about it and uh you know same as what i'm doing right now asking anything happened for you did your rankings go up did they go down i posted it on facebook as well so go in there and answer let me know because uh it's, it's unusual that the tools all report something, but nobody really notices. So there, there's something going on there, but maybe it really didn't have much of an effect. Maybe it was minor, uh, maybe it only affected spam or something. I don't know, but there's not a lot of chatter about it for uh, for the all the forecasts showing stuff happened. So I don't know what's going on
0: there. Well, it's a blip, who knows? Maybe it'll turn into something of significance, but for now it's just a little notice. And it's always nice to see a, Uh, Search engine roundtable posting that, and hey, I almost forgot to mention. uh, Barry announced yesterday, I believe, that I was at that or the day before, that he had reached thirty thousand posts since he started. (laughs) That's nuts.
1: That's a lot of writing.
0: I mean, and that's that's just a site. I mean, if you include the other stuff, he's probably in the forty thousand range. Um, You know what a what a great guy. He's been absolute pivot or what the heck's the word there uh see fog. COVID fog <laughs> <laughs> i can't even get the word out um he's he, a pillar pillar thank you of, of, of made like amazing amount of commitment to this community it's just incredible he's been doing it as long as i can remember um and uh you know and he's been on the show before and just is always a great guy to have on uh yeah, I'm just I'm really, really pleased for him. must have felt pretty good about that. And although, you know, he just continues to do the work. So it's not like he's ending. Uh, whenever he does ultimately retire, if he ever does, it's going to be a quite the blow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Uh, hopefully, though, he sticks around long enough to, uh, you know, shout out to us when we reach 30,000 SEO 101 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> We'll want that shout out when we get there.
0: We're sure. really almost there. Huh? We we're about a century
1: away, but uh, yeah. give some time.
0: Yeah, we'll crank it up to uh, one show a day for a while. That'll catch up quickly. Yeah, there we
1: go. <laughs> Maybe 10 a day, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways.
0: <laughs> All right, so next up, Bing's new PubHub offers millions of new site visitors. This is a Search Engine Journal article. Uh, and it was uh, what kind of caught my eye here is frankly, that it was Bing news. Um, I always like to add a little spice in there, not just the, the Google spice. And uh, in this case, uh, I'm quoting from their actual Pubhub site, uh, quote, automatically distribute your content to millions of Windows, Outlook, and Bing users who get their news through these channels, Cortana, Office and Dynamics, Bing.com, and App, unquote. So this is... Uh, news creator, publisher of any kind uh, to potentially get added to Bing's Pubhub. Now, they do have some requirements. Let me bring that up here. Uh, And, you know, it's pretty straightforward stuff, nothing that would be unreasonable. Uh, Your criteria for qualifying as a news news website is it has to have excellent newsworthiness, (laughs) originality, authority, and readability. Um, and if you want to see more about the details on that, just go to search engine journal, look up the uh, PubHub article, uh, that's P-U-B-H-U-B as it sounds. And you'll find a little more about what uh, what's entailed in becoming, uh, well, qualifying, because they do include a little more detail there. Uh, it's nice to see Bing making some waves. And, uh, you know, we have clients who do just even ads on Bing and see great return, not nearly the amount of clicks and that kind of thing that you would see on a Google ad, but it's immense. Just how much better that, like when these click-throughs happen, sometimes it's better than Google. They're actually getting a better spend. Hard to say what's going to happen for everyone, but uh, it's not something to completely dismiss. <laughs> um The search engine uh, journal article mentioned that the new PubHub offers an opportunity for publishers publishers who put the effort into creating quality reporting to be be rewarded with more readers. It's a lot of rah, rah, rah. uh, (laughs) This is a win, win, win for Bing because it makes it more useful for high quality publishers because they will be rewarded for their efforts. And lastly, it will be a boon for content consumers who will be exposed to more high quality journalism, unquote. Anywho. That's a lot about Bing, but uh, how often do we do that?
1: (laughs) Well, I need to throw in, I've been waiting for a segue and I should have started when you, uh, or should have said it when you started talking about Bing and that the other day my daughter and I were talking and I don't know how we got talking about Bing. It came up somehow and she referred to Bing as bad Google. So (laughs) (laughs) Bing has a bit of work to do to capture the teenage girl crowd. Uh, Yes. They're not there yet. They're still bad Google. It's
0: all duck, duck, go, right? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, that's all they use at, at high schools. DuckDuckGo, <laughs> I'm sure. It's probably blocked yeah. in their filters as far as I know. Yeah. Who knows? Although you
0: know, the way things are going with all those privacy issues it may have its day.
1: Yeah, I think I think it'll keep growing for sure. Yeah. it I think it doubled last year or something. I we talked about that at a recent about that on a recent episode and I think DuckDuckGo's market share, I think it yeah, it doubled in twenty twenty or
0: it's two percent now. Like
1: <laughs> yeah, like I mean, that's that's small, but when you think about it in terms of billions and billions of users, it's yeah, it's not bad. Others, yeah,
0: I, I it could be worse things. It's, it's certainly obviously keeping it afloat, which is something to be said. Absolutely. All right, wouldn't, now you, you put together that that. 10 years ago. <laughs> no, no, you wouldn't line with a name like that either. It's like, what? Um, I don't even know where they come up with the stuff, but uh, so you put together this great segment here on some updates from the Google Search Console. So tell us all about that.
1: Yeah. In the past couple of weeks, there's been a whole bunch of little things that you may or may not know about. So I'm just going to touch on these quickly. I don't think any of them are really urgent, big talking points, but worth mentioning anyway. So the first was uh, some performance data issues at Google Search Console. So uh, Google experienced a logging issue between February 1st and February 3rd. So during that time, if you take a look in your performance reports, you may see drops in related traffic and, and all kinds of issues going on in those two days. So if that's the case, as I always say, don't panic. It's not an issue with your website. You didn't lose traffic. You didn't lose rankings. The only thing affected was reporting within Google Search Console. So there you go. Uh, Well, I I shouldn't say don't panic. You could have unrelated to the logging (laughs) issue. So things may have gone bad that aren't related to this, but just know that that's possible that uh, it's a logging issue, but investigate a little bit further just to make sure. Uh, anyways, the issue is fixed now. I think it was fixed on February 3rd or 4th. So if it was a blip for a couple of days, that's all it is, is related to. Probably all it is is related to that. Um, so there's that. Uh, Google Search Console also has changed some error reporting on how they handle breadcrumbs and structured data. So you may see an increase or decrease in reported errors Uh, again it's not anything happening to your website it's just the way google's reporting on these errors but you may see some new ones that you hadn't seen before so fix them simple as that Uh, if you see a decrease great whatever you did wrong before is no longer wrong somehow so you're you're good there Uh, so again check in google search console for that Uh, there are also uh, more error messages are going to be shown in google search console so this is kind of good when search console uh rebranded in 2018. I think they were is that when they made the switch from Webmaster Tools? I think maybe. I get all the dates wrong because they changed names of everything. You know, I get
0: it re-branded. so wrong. It probably it was probably like 2010. It just feels new.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> in 2018 they made a change. I can't remember if it was the name change, but the whole the back end changed as well. Yeah. And a lot of their legacy stuff didn't get moved over. And so until or since 2018 you've had a section of messages in Google Search Console that appeared in the new messaging center and certain types of messaging that appeared in the older legacy tools area. So if you were checking that, you can stop checking it now. You can still see the link on the left-hand side under, uh, I think it's just under legacy tools messages. Uh, you'll see your old messages there. Things like uh, disavowing links and stuff still appeared there. Well, all that stuff is now appearing in the main messages center as well. So you can avoid the legacy tools from now on. Everything's in one spot. It's cleaner, uh, which is good. Uh, there's still some legacy tools that Google hasn't moved over four years later. Uh, hopefully they do it eventually, but hmm. who knows?
0: You know, I'm just thinking what our good friend John would have said. Uh, I'm, I'm fairly certain he'd be grumbling pretty hard about this because Dealing as, uh, you know, newspapers as he was doing for marketing, he would have been having a rough time with these updates. Anything that messed with Google Search Console, or as he liked to call Google Webmaster Tools, uh, always drove him up the wall. So (laughs) it isn't, you know, we don't see it as such a big deal, but people who live by this stuff are probably fretting and furious over these changes because it's not exactly been a stable environment the last year and a half.
1: Well if you're looking at uh, like we deal with a lot of small medium sized businesses where the data isn't that overwhelming it's not so bad but yeah if you've got a site with millions and millions of visitors you know it's really screwing with your data yeah. so <laughs> in a, millions of times over yeah. um, and then i think there was one more here uh, in early february so this is actually a little it's a little bit dated now but you might notice it again in search console that google wasn't sp- Spidering and crawling your Shopify website the way it should. Uh, John Mueller had noted that uh, any sites that were reported to him are fine. You don't have to worry about it. It was a temporary drop in how Google calculates how much they crawl, and it was affecting some Shopify sites. You'd see Googlebot activity go down. Nothing wrong with your website. Again, just another Google Search Console or Googlebot issue, I guess I should say. Um, And you may see some fluctuations in reporting in Search Console related to that but it should not have affected rankings or traffic, so.
0: And yeah, I saw that yesterday that it was resolved too. So it's, uh, it is fresh, it's very, very new. Yeah. And um, anyone who felt any drops in rankings would be good to know, or drops in sales. I wonder if there was a, you know, like they said, it doesn't seem to have affected much, but uh, it'd be interesting whether the bottom line was affected on many people or not. I don't know. All right, so one of the things that we ran into recently, uh, which kind of blew my mind, and you know what? it is, It occurred to me just how common this is. Many businesses don't realize the access they should always have to their online assets. So this is your domain, your email, your website. It doesn't matter if you're not the administrator. It doesn't matter if you didn't register the domain. You own it you need to have complete access. We ran into an issue lately where uh, some really smart people we work with didn't, they just took for granted that they were being looked after by their existing hosting provider and fair enough. You know, I I can see why that would happen, but then that provider kind of turned on them. Um, They'd had some sort of arrangement and they weren't partners or anything, but it was bad enough that he pulled it all. Um, and they didn't, they could have had time to get in there to copy things over, we were going to move it. And I asked for the information. And they kind of stopped and didn't say anything. And I said, Do you have, I just need cPanel access, or I need this, or I need that. Uh, we don't have that. And I was just shocked, gobsmacked, I couldn't believe it. So a short list for you. And, and yes, you'll have to check these, say, every month or two, just well, let's say, put a, a, a warning or Notice every two months to check to make sure these are still accessible using the logins and passwords you have that you're given because they do change sometimes and you wanna make sure you're on top of that. Uh, Anyways, admin site access. Now, even if you're not, so this is whatever content platform you have or whatever it is that you're using to run your website, could be WordPress, Drupal, Joomla, whatever. Even if you're not using that particular login to make updates to your site because you're afraid you're gonna break something, that's fine, you can use a lesser um, accessed account to do those changes, but you still need a different account with admin site access. That means that you have full ownership and control over the site. Um, if someone like us comes to you and say, we need to do some work on your site, this prevents you to having to, from having to reach out to the hosting provider and get our, the person managing the site to get that information. Um, and in some cases, they're not even doing anything to your site they simply have it locked down to make sure you don't break it. And I, hey, <laughs> I've done that too for clients. It's a good idea, but they should always have that admin access. It's just, you know, you may have a house and you've got keys to the house and the keys only open a few doors because other doors are sensitive, fine. But if you own that house, you should have all the keys somewhere, <laughs> to all the other doors. <laughs> um, next, top level access to your hosting. Now, whatever hosting service you have, they're going to have different capabilities. The larger hosting packages or more sophisticated ones allow you to give uh, almost root access or cPanel access to your your hosting uh, environment. That's perfect. That's what you want. If you can't get cPanel, you just write that down, cPanel. If you can't get that, Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. This level of access, that might just be as little as full FTP. That's file transfer protocol, just FTP. So ask for the highest level of access to your site with no restrictions. That's what you need to make sure you have. Again, you don't need to use it. You just need to check to make sure you just, it, it, it works every once in a while. Uh, it's not okay for you to not have this information. Uh, I don't. Again, even if you're a luddite, you're not used to this stuff. The fact is, you don't want someone else to have the keys to things you own and you don't have those keys. It just doesn't make any sense. Next is the domain. Your domain registrar. So wherever you registered your domain, uh, in our case, stepforth.com is at Namecheap, or whatever domain you have is at GoDaddy, Namecheap. Uh, wherever um, you have to have access to that and the ability to move that domain, do whatever you need to it. And the kind of access where if someone tries to change your access, you need to approve it. Okay. And you can get on a support call with that company and make sure that you do have that access. And if you don't make sure it happens, do this. while well, you're on good terms with whoever runs it. Need some water. One sec. Next access to your email service. Now you have email, everyone has email, but if you have email that's associated with your business, so at stepforth.com. So Ross at stepforth.com or Scott at stepforth.com. Well, make sure that whatever manages that service, you have administrative access to again, highest level access. If you have uh Google Workspace or Microsoft 365, there's an admin access, make sure you have that login and password. And again, check every once in a while. Don't have to do anything other than check to make sure it works. I don't think I'm missing anything. Anything you can think of, Scott?
1: Um, I would just lean back towards a bit of the SEO stuff as well. Uh, Google Analytics access. Ah. How often do we have clients come to us and oh, well, you know they have analytics because you can see the code on their website and you ask for access to that and uh, huh? What? What? What are you talking about? I don't have the access or they don't even know they have Google Analytics because maybe a webmaster, a previous SEO, or somebody designer put the code on there and didn't tell them or listed it as theirs you want that historic data because it can really help influence changes you make to the website into the future. Uh, the same goes with Google search console, a little less critical because mm-hmm. it's not hard to get back access to that data. Uh, but analytics back data is, if you can't get in there, it's gone. You, you'll never see it. So make sure you've got that, uh, which is why with step forth, if we set up a new account for a client, we always set it up in the client's name and then grant us access from their admin account. So, you know, in the future, should they leave us or whatever, they don't have to come back to us. Like, well, how did you do this and that? They just have it all. Uh, so we always make sure our clients have all that access at all times, whether or not they keep it. I don't know, but mm-hmm. we make sure we give it to them at some point. So uh, just make sure you have that. And any ad accounts, uh, Google ads, Facebook ads, Bing, whatever whatever you're doing, uh, make sure you've got all of that stuff. And I think most people probably do. Well, I don't know, because no, we see a lot of clients so. that don't. So some, some people have it all.
0: And you may not realize this, but it's possible for your ad company to put you under their umbrella as their own account. And then i and I've seen this not actually quite recently where we wanted to take over an account. they said, I'm sorry, that's under our account. We can't give it to you. What? That should have been, they should have requested, uh, uh, what did they call it? It's in Google ads, uh,
1: for the client manager access? Yes. Or, client manager
0: yeah. access. They need, which, which, what this is what this means. You have your own account as the business owner, they request access to manage your account. That way, should things go south, you just cut them off. You still have all the information, all the access. You are the administrator. You can then provide access to a new paid ad management company if you want to. That's the way it should be. It shouldn't be under them and they just send you reports and it's something you should check. You may think, no, everything's good with these companies. I work with all these great companies. They're fine. And you're probably right, but it does not hurt to check. You're not going to offend anyone. Um, and if you do get offended, whatever, maybe they're hiding something. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> but Facebook too, it's a little trickier, but these are areas that you should own. They get access to, and you should be able to check in, check in on these. Again, log in, double check. My little rant, it's just something I was shocked to see. And I remembered, you know, it sort of all came together. I'm like, you know what? I've seen this a bunch lately. Yeah. I kind of thought that everyone knew this, but of course I did, because I do this too all the time, I just assume. But it's not the case. Protect yourself. And the analytics is a big, big, big deal. I want, I'm so glad you brought that up, because it's. I want to reinforce this. Oftentimes, again, people create these analytics account under their own business as a marketing company for the client, and then it can't be moved. It's ridiculous. It should be under your account. You can go anywhere. You keep that information. It is so important. Uh, that is gold for your next marketing company, uh, for your own uses as your company grows. You say, all right, well, we've now got this big budget. We're, we tripled in size. Let's see what's been working before. Oh, we don't have access to that information. Damn it. But you should. You should have all that history. (sighs) Okay. Let's take a quick break. We get back. We're going to talk local SEO, some Mueller files, and uh, that'll be the end of the show. We'll talk soon. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WMR.FM. Hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of step Web Marketing, and my company's senior SEO, Scott Vanak. All right. Google is opening up how maps review moderation. Oh, open up, opening up about opening how they review about, maps. Yeah. There we go. So, so tell us.
1: Yeah, they haven't really changed anything, but they uh, there was a post over at uh, blog.google.com and I'm really boring, so Ross is leaving. You can't see this if you're listening to the podcast. Um, anyways, um, they, they've just listed and, and itemized how they actually handle reviews that get submitted. And, uh, you know, it, it's just good information. If you want to know a bit more, if you want to help figure out how to abide by all the rules and make sure you're doing what you're supposed to do it's a good quick read um, I'll go over a few of this a few of these points really quickly here uh, one thing that was interesting though is they did note uh, how policies and protections evolve over time and when a policy change, is required, it turns into uh, both training material for staff and operators, as well as machine learning algorithms. And the, the example they give there is COVID. So if suddenly you have COVID restrictions implemented by your state or provincial legislatures, whatever, and now restaurants have to have vaccine passports. If somebody leaves a bad review saying, oh, this stupid restaurant, they're requiring a passport for vaccines, blah, 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 and they freak out about that, Google will remove that review because it's not the restaurant's you know, decision on doing that. They're just following local laws. So, you know, if it's just not a fair review. So they're always working to evolve to handle reviews that are like that and unjust. Uh, The same goes for if you're a business that maybe you screwed up and you see this all the time. Maybe one of your employees is driving down the road in your company marked van and they do something stupid and suddenly everyone's shaming them on the internet and everyone rushes over to your Google profile and you get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of bad reviews. Uh, it helps them to make that not happen, <laughs> eliminate those bad reviews because maybe they're justified and maybe they're not, but in a lot of cases are not. But anyways, um, so what they do is when you submit a review, the first thing that happens is the, the machine learning kicks in and it looks at, uh, uh, does it contain offensive or off-topic content? Uh, does the account have a suspicious history behind it? So if you've had a lot of other reviews removed, maybe it won't get approved. Uh, Has the business seen uncharacteristic activity? So that's like, you know, maybe some weird news attention, that sort of stuff. And if there are no violations, you know, the review, if you leave reviews, you'll see that they go up usually within a second or two. They're almost instant. Uh, Sometimes they take a bit longer, but they're almost always instant. But once they go through, the system continues to monitor, you know, for questionable patterns. Uh, For instance, if suddenly the business gets a whole bunch of one star or five star reviews, then maybe yours will come back for review and, and be removed if needed. Uh, and then it just sort of comes down to, uh, uh, you know, some manual reviews for flagged content. So if somebody flags it, then that's when humans get involved and may or may not remove or ban that sort of stuff. But anyways, that was a lot more. I was, I said a lot more there than I had planned on saying, but if you go over it's, to the Google blog, you'll, uh, you'll get a really good summary of what's going on there.
0: this is good stuff. This is the kind of questions I get a lot of from, uh, business owners. Reviews are a big deal. Uh, They are the lifeblood of many businesses. And when it comes down to uh, questionable patterns, they can get caught with simple mistakes. For example, if they allow people to leave reviews at a practice, their business or whatever it is, using their Wi-Fi. So people are using their Wi-Fi to leave reviews using their phones. If they all come from the same IP address, it can look very suspicious. And it's very likely most of those will be ignored. So that's a negative right? Um, if you all of a sudden do this powerful campaign to, re, 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 to um, receive reviews, let's say you sent out a bulletin to all your past clientele or patients, well, uh, it's not going to look good either if you get a number of reviews in a short period and there's absolutely no obvious reason why. Google, for no particular reason, makes sense to me, really makes sense to me anyway. Uh, doesn't like it when you solicit reviews. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. People can say no. <laughs> Big yeah. deal. And if they want to leave a review, good or bad, good for them. And if you want to remind everyone about it all at once, it should be up to you. But no, uh, I guess it's, uh, it's due to reasons that we don't see. There's probably some clever buggers out there who are, doing this in a very malicious manner or whatever. Right. And, and fair enough, I guess, but it's frustrating again, that business owners get penalized for things that they don't control and never did. Uh, anyways, reviews are so much so important. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad you added that. This is very important stuff.
1: One quick story I'll add, um, and I don't know how much this happens at Google. I'm sure it does happen, but this is specific to Amazon. Remember, we ordered something. I can't remember what it was. And the package came with a business card and it said redeemable for a $10 Amazon mm-hmm. gift card if you leave us a five-star review and then email us with this address and the link to your review to verify. Um, which I'm, I'm sure must go against all Amazon rules, but they, nobody seems to care. You know, you look at Amazon is just riddled with fake reviews. You can tell, you just, you yeah. know, them when you find them and uh, maybe less so at Google, but you know, stuff like that is still happening and that would trigger a lot of this. If it's uh, you know, you're sending it with every, Well, maybe it wouldn't, I don't know, but
0: don't. I do think it. it's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I hate those things. In fact, it makes me very suspicious of what I bought kind of want to send it back.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it's
0: true. Right? Huh. I mean, I'm pretty good now. I'm, I'm a bit of an Amazon junkie or was, but I'm off it a bit, but um Yeah. Yeah. You, when it's a little experience, you can pick out the fakes, uh, from misspellings to short, overly excited (laughs) comments to, uh, just garbage.
1: I love it it when there's a whole bunch of reviews and they're from people who ordered, but haven't received their package yet. Like, what are you reviewing for? Yeah. You see those all the time. I just ordered this. I can't wait for it to arrive five stars. Well, but you you don't even know if you're going to get it and you've given them five stars. So.
0: Right. And then the ones that are obviously crap, which um, all say they were given a free product. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've you, seen those. Yeah. There, of course, there's going to be some that are, are really honest people, but by and large, I think it's reasonable to assume it's not going to be very <laughs> yeah. uh, good. I would be fine with that. I would be 100% honest. I don't care if they give it to me free. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Right. That's probably why I wouldn't get more than one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, unless it was great, I guess. Okay, so let's jump into Mueller files. Google recommends original photos for product reviews. So this is pretty good. So Google um, really, really, I I read this earlier, really feels that you should be providing or you should truly be reviewing a product. And that usually means taking your own photos uh, of the process and documenting it. And you're authentic. You're, You're not simply regurgitating a review from somewhere else and, you know, lipstick on a pig. This does not make sense, right? That's the stuff that Google doesn't need any more of online. So by adding custom photos, your original photos, that will help. It will show Google that you are in fact more legitimate and there's a better chance of you showing in search. Uh, This is particularly important um, when a live reviewer goes and looks at your content and determines whether or not you have authoritative trustworthiness and, uh, what was that last one? Eat, uh, expert. Oh, expertise, uh, expertise, authoritativeness and trustworthiness. Yeah. So they're going to be looking at that and that's part of what they look at. They want to ensure that you really are who you are and you are earning the right to rank. So, uh, use custom photos when you can. Now, one thing, if you want to know, uh, one thing he said there, which is a bit of a tip off is that if you alter the photos in some way, unless it's a human that looks at them, Google won't necessarily realize that they aren't original. (laughs) But I didn't say that. that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. No. (laughs) Well, the fact is, you know, people may want to do that for all their new stuff, original photos, but they couldn't do that for their old, but they could go back and edit a few, right. As long as it's legit.
1: And, you know, I would say, you know, Google's just getting smarter and smarter and smarter. And, and eventually I think the algorithms will, pick out all those unique photos and original content. And mm-hmm. it probably will make a difference down the road. So you're kind of future-proof if you're using photos that you've taken yourself. Well, unless everyone else has said, hey, those are great photos and they've replicated them on all their review sites, but then um, I well, guess you could be honored, I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> still, I mean, as yeah. long as you're the one that gets the credit. Yeah. So, and that's the way we do work, all of our work with our clients, it's future-proof. We wanna do everything above, above a bar make sure that uh you know you're set to succeed no matter what algorithmic co- change comes down the pipe uh most cases unless there's something completely absurd which does happen once in the blue moon in any case uh it's always in meeting Google's guidelines and and that it's simple it's not that hard to do you, I mean yeah it's more work but the results speak for themselves and the long the, the longevity of them even more so Text to code ratio is not a ranking factor. Oh my God, really?
1: <laughs> I know. I, you know. I wasn't even going to include this and uh, I saw it <laughs> and I thought, oh, I think we talked about that before and hey, let's just check. And we never have. And it's just one of those little tips that just sort of come out of the woodwork sometimes if you're, let's just include it as like a, just a little quickie tip of the day. Um, <laughs> somebody in Reddit had asked how important is code to text ratio? John's simple response was the code-to-text ratio is not and never has been a factor in SEO. So there you go. Yeah. Don't worry about having way too much code for just a little bit of on-screen stuff. Um, I, will, I will add to that a little bit, though. Mm-hmm. If your code is really bloated and, like, really bad, that's probably slowing down your website, which will affect your rankings. Exactly. Now, I don't see that a lot where it's just a code issue unless there's lots of JavaScript calls and weird stuff going on. But um, so I guess it could have an indirect factor, but it's not a, you know, a one-to-one uh, corresponding ranking factor. So,
0: yeah, it, yeah, exactly. If you've got that much code on there and there's very little text, yeah. it might be weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It might prompt a, a, a little more of a scan, but you know, in other words, it's not a ranking factor directly. Uh, anyway, that's a nice little tip to end of the show. And uh, make sure you all tune in to the next episode, which Mar- with Martin Split, And well, all episodes, of course, but definitely <laughs> with Martin Split, it's going to be a good, good time. He's a great guy. I'm looking forward to interviewing him. Uh, we've had John on a couple times, John Mueller, but not Martin. So it'll be nice to have uh, some new blood. Well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing and my company senior SEO, Scott Van Ack. Thank you for joining us today. Remember, we have a show notes newsletter you can sign up for at SEO101radio.com. Don't miss a single link and refresh your memory of uh, past episodes at any time. Have a great week and remember to tune into future episodes on WMR.FN.
1: Thanks.